to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we are going through Book Riot's 2021 Read Harder Challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat about this book <laughs> and also what I read, not for JBC. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen you as excited about a oh book gosh. as you have been about what you read between yes. the podcast, and I'm so excited to hear more. Um, but before <laughs> we get that, this week we are joined by Matt Limerick. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Yes. <laughs> you picked a great topic to come. Uh, listen, as a plus-size queer individual, any when you were like, plus-size romance, and I was like, <laughs> let's do this. Let's jump in. Yes. I love it. I was so excited. <laughs> Uh, well, before we get into that, which I think we're going to just gush the whole time about, um, what did we read in between podcasts? Stephanie, please tell us all about this book. <laughs> so I read Arsenic and Adobo, a new book out by Mia P. Manansala. Um, I loved it so much because it combines two things that I love. One, it's a book. And two, food. <laughs> Lots of cooking. Uh, we have Leela, who is a baker working at her aunt's restaurant, and basically her ex is a food critic who keeps coming back and writing terrible reviews of their restaurant, but then he keeps coming back and it's like, why are you doing this? Um, and he drops dead after an argument with her in the restaurant. So exciting! <laughs> yeah, so it's a whole who done it because of course she's the main suspect because she's an ex. <laughs> they were arguing the ne- the negative food reviews, um, so she tries to do her own little investigating. Um, to try to clear her name because she didn't do it. <laughs> so um, what I love is that they're like the food, which I know we're going to get into with what we did read for the podcast, but there's <laughs> lots of talk of amazing sounding Filipino food and I totally want to try everything. There's recipes at the end after the book ends. She has like, I don't know, five <laughs> recipes maybe or a few more. That's so um, exciting. Just it's just, ugh, it's so good. I love a little good mystery, just who done it, because trying to figure it out. Um, although at one point there was a, there, <laughs> there was just some there's some times where they were talking to the cops, and I'm like, don't talk to the cops. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Like get an attorney. <laughs> Every time. um, And also, it's the first of Tita Rosie's Kitchen Mystery series. And I'm going... I was about to ask. I'm going to be stalking this author. Her Twitter, her everything until the next one comes out. And then the next one, I hope there's a million more. I highly, highly recommend. I I have such a soft spot for cozy mystery books that have recipes in it. Mm -hmm. Especially if they're really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple that, as the longer they've gone on, the worse that they have been. But... This one sounds like great straight off the bat. I cannot wait to read it myself. Also, the cover is gorgeous, like vibrant colors. so gorgeous. She has a dog. It's a little hot dog dog that she names. Oh, God. She names it after a particular type of sausage. (laughs) I can't remember which one, but. Oh, that's so Very cute. Yes. Very, very cute. Uh, So I did. uh, That was one of your book of the month books. Yes. I did. One of my book of the month books, which is This Time Next Year by Sophie Cousins, which is about a woman who was born on January 1st and is cursed because there was another baby born a minute before her and he stole her name and the prize money. So she has been cursed on her birthday for the past 30 years. And on her 30th birthday, she actually meets the guy. And the whole book is about, like, these close misses that they've had of, like, almost meeting throughout the years and stuff. And it, it's a really good romance book. Nice. 
it was a lot of fun. That's so cute. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And she is also a baker. So, you know. <sighs> Praise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for this week, we read If the Dress Fits by Carla de Guzman, which is a uh, Filipino romance book. Did not realize when we picked this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did uh, not realize when I picked Arsenic and Adobo either. <laughs> That's amazing. What'd you guys think? I loved this. Like, I am not big on, like I say, I'm not big on, like, the cute romance genre, but, like, check half the books I read and it's all, like, (laughs) meet cute queer stories. But, like, this, this one was so interesting because she also writes in a similar way to the way that I do, which is very informal. Her tone is very informal. It feels very natural. Mm -hmm. Um... And I, it, it felt really easy to read, which I, not easy in a way. It's like, oh, this is an easy book. But like, it just felt effortless as I'm going through it that I was like, oh, I just, I'm just flipping these pages. I really liked it. <laughs> and she makes, she, I think it's hard sometimes with plus size characters. They want to make them either like uh, weaker. So we see them get strong or we, they make them almost otherworldly strong. And they dance this line with her the whole time where Martha is strong, but still struggling with herself. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just, she's so likable and so wonderful right off the bat, uh, which I just thought was so great. Just jumping in and it kept my attention the whole time, which is hard as an adult with ADHD. Sometimes I didn't, I I didn't find myself checking my phone and those kinds of things. So it was just, it was so enjoyable in the food. I know we're going to get into it, but the (laughs) food in this is ridiculous. I texted one of my best friends who is Filipino and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. um, accidentally stumbled into a Filipino romance book. Here you go. Uh, so I don't know if she'll read it, but I hope so. I yeah. just thought it was really cool. And that way I can be like, what is this food? How do I mm-hmm. find this food? When am I coming mm-hmm. to visit you so I can mm-hmm. try this food? <laughs> Agreed. Like, I love the best friends and love thing, but that's maybe me projecting because mm-hmm. of my real life situation <laughs> with my best friend. <laughs> Oh, and see, I was sitting here being like, this is a little too real for me. But you're right. It is yeah. I mean, very good for you. That's because everything has turned out great. Like, <laughs> um, Plus, I just I just love romances in general. Just the, like, knowing that I that we're going to have a happy ending. I just, I really enjoy that. The food, absolutely. Especially because just coming off of Arsenic and Adobo, some of it was like, that's familiar. I just saw that <laughs> in this last <laughs> book. Um yeah, I just, I really liked it. I, I did enjoy it. I had some, like, there were a couple things I was kind of waffling on, like, there how there isn't a glossary, whereas Arsenic and Adobo, she chose mm-hmm. to start with one with pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I think pronunciation gotcha. is more the bigger thing for me because I hate reading and being like, oh my God, I'm butch-. even though I'm reading it in my head, I'm butchering right. your name, I'm butchering this, this pronunciation. Um, so I also had my phone handy <laughs> to try to at least figure out pronunciation <laughs> if I couldn't find, like, translation. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was interesting. This is the first thing I'm reading because she published the second edition, which I think we all read Mm -hmm. this year, even though it was written like 2016 to 2018. It was strange to read something that had no reference to COVID and like there was no reference of masks and things. And I think it's just because like I work in theater and film and television. And so watching all of us prepare to reopen our industry and still have to acknowledge it like, masks are a thing to read this little bubble and have it as a departure of like, for some reason I didn't think about it watching WandaVision or, or Captain Falcon winter soldier. And, but with this, it was the thing that I went, this is 
it was a little thing that it took a little bit to get used to. And yeah. I hadn't thought about this because I also was like, oh, I probably haven't read a book since I finished grad school last year just because of like literary burnout. Sure. Um, That's so it was, it was just one of those things that I went, oh, I took for granted how culturally seasoned, like, See, uh, not seasoned, but <laughs> just because it's food back. Um, how culturally changed we are now about this idea of even if we're like, I'm sick of masks, this idea that like it's still coded, and I go, wait, wait, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. it's another world. We don't have it in all these worlds. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm currently rewatching Gossip Girl for the probably 12th time. Mm -hmm. I've freaking turned on HBO looking actually for Pretty Little Liars. I just wanted something on for background noise while cleaning. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, just a reminder, Gossip Girl's moved over, and I was like, damn it. You know me too well. <laughs> and uh, Gossip Girl ended, I think, over 10 years ago. But I still mm -hmm. have those moments because it's, it's New York. And I'm like, where are the masks? Even though these people yeah. are like mm -hmm. all in their like late 30s, early 40s now, no longer playing teenagers. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still have those moments for sure. And mm -hmm. I, I like, I don't know. I, I've had some media that has... Um, fed into the not fed into but definitely made sure that COVID was a factor um, mm -hmm. like uh, the audio drama I work on that is a big thing but also it is really weird to read these books where it's like you don't have to sit there and think and plan out your day around mm -hmm. you know masks mm -hmm. and people <laughs> yep we can have large gatherings <gasps> anywhere right. with food and <laughs> just go to the mall on a Sunday because you can no, granted, I'm in Florida place where COVID never existed. Oh, so <laughs> it's a little different for us now. I wouldn't. I, I don't believe right. that. To everyone listening that, out there, no, I do yes. not believe that. But yes. <laughs> We wouldn't have had you on if we thought you did. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I went to the mall the other day to get a Mother's Day gift. Um, this is the first time I've been to the mall in over a year. Um, mm -hmm. my sister said she'd probably like something from Bath and Body Works. And I was like, oh, I could just go. And then, cause I have some books I want to send to them, um, as well. So like send it all together. So I got to the parking garage and I was like, oh my God, where am I supposed to go? Because it can be confusing at the Providence Place Mall with, with the parking lot. Like people have gotten lost trying to find their damn cars after. So I was like, I think I need to go up like five <laughs> levels. It feels like, but eventually found it and it was fine, but it was still just weird to be yeah. mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I'm back in an office this week. Yeah. Like, uh, oh. speaking of ADHD, I like working from home has been some of the worst for me just because I can't focus. I need that separation. And mm -hmm. I have accomplished more in the past week of being in an office than I think I have in the past three months. It's and hard it's at hard. home. <laughs> it is. It is hard. I know some people are flourishing and work from home, but like finishing, yeah. when I had to finish teaching and finish my grad thesis and my comps, like from home, I was like, I could, or I could not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, that Animal Crossing village is not going to exactly, build itself. Exactly. <laughs> Stardew Valley. That's my, that's, mm. I'm like, I got... A village mm -hmm. upstairs and I got a village downstairs. Which one do I need to be farming right now? Oh my God. Exactly. exactly. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got my switch and I didn't buy Animal Crossing yet. I should. What? It's okay. Well, it's okay. It's okay. I, I have it's Don't okay. Starve on my boyfriend's PS4 uh. and we restart. We started a new world this past weekend and it was immediately like, and now we're playing and all of a sudden it's four hours later. We should probably have dinner. Like, I, I fucking love that maybe, game. Maybe that yep. might help. That might help. Yep. That might help. <laughs> maybe, I guess. Well, we can take a break. <laughs> so is this the first fat positive romance that either of you have read? I think so. 
I, I read, oh God, I'm blanking on the title by Rainbow Rowell. She wrote, oh, um, something in park. Oh my God. Why can't I remember this? Eleanor and park. I read that a few years ago and I liked it. I like Rainbow Rowell as a writer, but generally, I mean, and then there's also like Will Grayson, Will Grayson, Mm -hmm. uh, is, which has been in my kind of immediate future of the last couple of years, but I don't seek it out because I know I'm just going to get frustrated that it's a genre that doesn't really exist. Um, the characters aren't there or they're kind of so insufferable that I'm like, I don't need more self-destructive fat people in my life. I'm a big yeah. enough one myself. Same. same. <laughs> I have the same thought process. And um, mm-hmm. honestly, it hit me earlier. I was like, I don't know if I've actually come across any that are both fat, positive, and queer. Mm. Right. Which feels like it should be a very easy genre, mm-hmm. but I couldn't name one off the top of my head. Right. Well, because even thinking like the only one I think of is like kind of Will Grayson, Will Grayson, mm-hmm. but the, even then, Tiny Cooper is still the brunt of the joke. Yeah. And so, because David Levithan and John Green, both nice people, are both like thin people, and so that idea of writing someone who is authentic in a way that isn't a James Corden character, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, is difficult for people apparently. So, you know, it, it just makes sense that, you know, but a lot of the writers I know are like heavy set queer people right. or like plus size queer people. And so I can't imagine, I literally texted my friend and was like, why have we not pioneered a fucking genre yet? Exactly. 2020, 2021, do let's it. do it. Let's, we have to do yes. this. Yeah, like... <laughs> Mild spoiler alert, next episode, we're doing a romance written by a non-binary or uh, trans individual. And even then, I don't think most of them are, are would fall into a fat, positive romance, yeah. at least yeah. with a quick look. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree, like the, the ones that I have read, um, one of the options that we had for this week was spoiler alert, which I have read. And there was a book of the month book. Um, that was like a Bachelor Bachelorette spinoff or whatever. Um, read both of those in the past year. This one is likely my favorite mm. because both of those made me want to beat my head a couple times about mm. their insecurities. Mm-hmm. And like you said at the top, like Martha's insecurities are there, mm-hmm. but they don't define her. And I love that mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, I also like that she is not the black sheep. She's not like they, they, the author balances that idea where her weight is a constant commentary on the family because it bothers the family, but because it doesn't particularly bother Martha. Um, It's something that she actually kind of has the upper hand in a power spectrum and they go to her for so much that like this family does not operate without Mm -mm. her. Like there's no way they could literally five generations, four generations, we see like four generations Mm -hmm. in this family and like none of them could do a single thing without Martha, which I love. I think it's really fantastic. But that is trauma like yeah it is trauma that is also a lot of trauma because it leads to i mean no spoilers or anything but there is that pinnacle breakdown scene that she has that is because of this generational trauma uh, of of still not being the perfect cousin or the perfect granddaughter because she is heavy and regina is beautiful um and i also like that 
the author, I guess also being a plus size person, she never distracts from the fact that like Martha's beautiful, but she's also plus size. It's not a, oh, you're plus size because you're beautiful. Or you're beautiful because you're plus size. Mm-hmm. They are both two different aspects of her and both exist as a, as a, as a positive in a thing, which I love. Yeah, no, that is a, a great point because so frequently plus size people are told like, you know, if you lose more weight, you'd be mm-hmm. pretty or whatever. And Martha's like, I mean, you might be right, but I'm also gorgeous now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought, you know, except that <laughs> I did find the con- like the outside commentary from her family and from strangers mm-hmm. to be exhausting. Like that yes. was hard to like, and I'm just like, just shut the fuck up. Like just making comments like it drove me crazy. And then like, there was also the, the the time where I think it's her aunt who wants her to finish the plate of of some delicious sounding food, mm-hmm. um, because they and then Martha ends up thinking like they always do this when there's stuff left they just expect me to like put it away you know I just mm-hmm. uh, I found her some of the comments like all those comments really from her family some of her family mm-hmm. not all of her family some of her family and strangers mm-hmm. to be just exhausting <laughs> and really I liked that plate scene because it reminded me of Friends. Um, when the episode where Monica decides that she's going to lose all that weight or it's that flashback to that Thanksgiving and they're like, we don't have room for pies. Can you finish them? And she's like, no. And it's like that turning point Mm. where she decides to get fit, which is great. We can talk about how problematic Friends is, but like (laughs) it is supposed to be a defining moment of her being like, no, I'm going to take control of that. Mm -hmm. And I like that this mirrors that because she's like, not using it as an excuse to start any kind of diet or, you know, whatever. But instead, she's just like, I'm just not hungry. I don't right. want to do this and stop expecting mm-hmm. me to. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so just it was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fairly fortunate that because my family, um, a lot of my size has to do with the medication that I've taken throughout my life. Mm-hmm. But it's never been easy. <laughs> like my genes are mm-hmm. still suck. And my family, at least for the past decade maybe decade and a half have been really really good about that and i thankfully have doctors too that are you know the running joke is you can go in with any symptoms and they're gonna be like yeah it's because you're fat and Mm -hmm. that's not (laughs) not always the case so i really like that this book has that vibe of like i agree defining you know it is an aspect of her but it doesn't define her yeah I also, something I appreciated in Enzo being a very um, shitty character, <laughs> just just because I think that's what he's meant to be, but like he, he has his little arc too. I appreciate that something that uh, Carla does in this book is Enzo is equally as attracted to Martha as he is to Regina. Yes. And there, and that is a spectrum of there. she is not fetishizing being plus size, she's not fetishizing the weight for either of the men who find Martha attractive, mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciated mm-hmm. because, like, being a queer individual, a lot of times when I find, like, being in a bear community or being, uh, you know, a lot of the men that do want to date me or people that want to date me are quote unquote chasers, and mm-hmm. it ends up being about how they like the weight or how it looks on my body, but not how. I am as a person right. as well as being plus size that the two are again, separate aspects mm-hmm. of myself, um, which, you know, it, it is, it is helpful when the writer has that perspective as well from being on the inside. But that was a little something that I didn't think about until after that I went, Oh, I think it's really impressive that like, he still has those feelings for Martha, but he still 
loves and is attracted to Regina and it's not in a weird fetishy way, which I really love. Yeah, you're right. I actually hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It's not, it's not a fetish. Like I do wish Enzo was more developed like mm-hmm. that. Yes, me too. That is one mm-hmm. of probably two of my biggest complaints about this book is that mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense why he lied. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like, at all. Because, so, him lying about his and Martha's past, like, was it just because you didn't want to make waves with Regina because you feel like you should have told her? Except he didn't know until they were there and, you know, until he was kind of faced with it because they were out in Australia. He doesn't know who her cousin is. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, the why he lied, I would like to know more of that. I think it's just trying not to make waves, but I really wanted, like... I wanted more of a reckoning when it came to the truth coming mm-hmm. to like, cause I thought Regina was yeah. going to be a little bit more upset than the quick blurb that we got kind of about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It felt mm-hmm. like, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad that she wasn't like, yeah. uh, she should have been more upset that he lied about mm-hmm. the lie. Not the, not what yeah. happened. I, the lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I think she was the appropriate amount of like, Oh, you slept with my cousin and that's weird. Mm-hmm. But now you've lied about it. <laughs> that is genuinely weird. And I'm going to need a minute to process mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it should have been a longer yeah. and and more of a discussion of like, why did you lie? Like, <laughs> and why are you being such aggro male when Max shows up? Like, you're yes. not Martha's exactly. boyfriend. Like, yes, you're engaged to mm-hmm. Regina. <laughs> like, it, it. I guess what we're supposed to take away is that he had to get over her. Like, he genuinely had feelings for her, and is a little thrown to see that she's so happy and like with someone without him. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish it was a little bit more developed. Yeah. 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 Because he definitely, when he comes back into her life, you can, the vibe you get from him is like, he's like, damn, I I remember our time together. Like I wanted more back then. Like, why didn't we have more? What could my life maybe be like if we had, who knows? Right. Um, But yeah, I do wish there was a little bit more about that. I also, so... When we talked talking about Regina and Martha, um, the family kind of pitting them against each other, I mm-hmm. I get the sense that I don't know if it was the whole family or definitely definitely at least her mom, Regina's mom. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I do like how they come to terms like at the end. You know their relationship at the end. Yeah. Um, how their relationship growing up was they were pitted against each other. Martha always felt that because she's the heavier one. Regina's the thin one. Like, so Regina's the better one. Um, Mm -hmm. I get that family stress, you know, I that feels Mm -hmm. like a very real thing of like competing with your family when you shouldn't really be competing with your family. Like you should just be wanting everyone to be successful, but I know that's easier said than done, (laughs) especially when your family. I should just give this book to my therapist and be like, here, this aspect, (laughs) this aspect, this will explain me. (laughs) Like you have homework this time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But I do, there's a moment when Martha asks her to not call her a certain nickname from her childhood that really brings up bad memories because the way that the two of them remember their childhoods is very different. Mm-hmm. And Regina is very receptive to that. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish we had more of their relationship. Yeah. Um, but it, I do like that. It's not Regina's not a bitch. Yes. That's what it boils <laughs> yeah. down to. She's yeah. not a bitch. And, yeah. and there's parts where Martha, um, Oh, God, I don't think I highlighted it. But there's a part where Martha has a realization that Regina, like, cares about her. Like, I think it's maybe when she picks Mm -hmm. out the dress for her 
when she yes. like doesn't mm-hmm. throw her in a freaking burlap sack or something, you know, like yes. mm-hmm. and then there's like, something takes else. the time. Yeah. The color is really pretty. Mm-hmm. It's a great fit for her and they're like getting it altered. Mm-hmm. And they started the process like so that she didn't necessarily have to deal with the um dressmakers being assholes like she was not ready mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was lovely. And something that I also thought was glanced over, glossed over. Um, now, I love her relationship with Maggie, her younger sister, and that there's quite the age difference between the two. But it, she kind of blurbed very quickly that Maggie also used to be heavy and then lost a ton of weight um, and is very athletic now. And it was kind of a throwaway in the first chapter. And it doesn't come back to it um, in, in other ways, because they focus more on this idea that everybody's making like making comments about her dad also being heavy right. um, or have gaining weight and not that Maggie had lost the weight. And I thought that was just an interesting thing. But it also it's I think it's because her relationship with her father is that kind of center point of the of the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also think it was interesting that there was a lack of her mother mm-hmm. throughout the like she's always there. Um, but it's not a big relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a big relationship. Her relationship with her dad is big. Now I did appreciate that her mom wasn't necessarily focusing in on her weight. Like you expect a mom to be, which, which I did was happy. They didn't villainize her mother for that, but I did kind of want a little bit of her conversation either with her or Max. I would have liked, uh, because of, Martha's mom being the outsider coming into that family. True. Um, I would have really, I would have loved a little conversation there because she loves Max mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. But also, I also love that they didn't villainize her mother in the way that, like, she loves her daughter. She loves Martha how she is. And she loves Max. And doesn't question that Max is this gorgeous man who could love mm-hmm. her daughter. I think that was something that I did find yeah. important that I thought was good. They call him son-in-law. Like, I feel like they yeah. clearly wanted them to get together before. Oh, they knew. Yeah. They <laughs> like, knew. Oh, they Come knew. <laughs> also, we're screaming from the very first chapter that I was like, you love yeah, him, right? girl. Stop. And she's like, I just have to think about it. And I was like, you love him. You yes. know you love him. Stop being stupid. <laughs> you love him. There's nothing to think about. We all love him. Yes. <laughs> I like. Him. I don't typically read the summaries more than once, if mm-hmm. I even read them that much. Usually, Stephanie can tell you because <laughs> the number of times <laughs> I've been like, "This book is nothing like I was expecting." <laughs> but uh, I did have to reread the summary a few times because I knew it was a situation where a guy she loved was marrying someone else, and I was like, "But I thought Max was the fake boyfriend." Hang on. Yeah. Right. And I kind of love how Enzo is presented in this as like Mm -hmm. um, that nostalgia love rather Mm -hmm. than her Mm -hmm. having to deal with a guy that she's like been in love with for years, like directly Mm -hmm. and had to be in that, um, see him on a regular basis kind of thing. And instead it's a little bit more about like, (laughs) how do you love your best friend? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, progress that relationship with the risk that, you know, you couldn't lose your best Mm -hmm. friend. I will say I do read the summaries. I always read the summaries. (laughs) But while I was reading this, I was like, wait, is Enzo endgame? Because I don't want that. Hold on. (laughs) I was like, let me just keep reading. I didn't actually go back to the summary. I was like, it's got to be Max because he's clearly in love with her. They spent all their time together. And Enzo, okay, maybe you loved him back then, but that was years ago. You don't know who he is now. And Max is right here. (laughs) 
right in front of exactly. you. And they keep calling him Zac Efron. And I was like, <laughs> well, we all love the, the big himbo that Zac Efron has become. Uh, yeah, no, not endgame for, not endgame for me. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> oh, of course. Also, also, he's a veterinarian. Come yes, on. How yes. could you? Like a hot, long-haired, <laughs> like, oh, the man bun. She describes his man bun at one point, and I was like, I need a cigarette. I need a drink. I need a Listen. moment. Because yes. I was like, how dare you come for me in such a way of the men that I just... Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I am right there. Because I'm not a big fan of men buds. Like, there are very few people that I'm like, mm-hmm. you can keep Well, you've got to have the right yep. hair, and yes. it's got to be upkept yes. well. Yes. But, like, girl, I don't want any, just because you've got a beard, and, like, you can throw your hair up in a nubby yeah, bun no. can't to go greasy. into GameStop. Like, That's yes. not greasy. I want to know that you condition. Yes, you comb like, it, you know. <laughs> exactly. I don't have good hair, so you better <laughs> come through. With your own hair. My boyfriend's hair oh, is it. longer. Um, he was growing it out before COVID and then COVID happened. And it's like, it's a little bit past where he wants it to be. He wants it a little shorter. But mm-hmm. like reading this, I was like, all right, so I can just, I can just picture George in this because <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although mm-hmm. watching Winter Soldier, because we were introduced to Winter Soldier, he's got long hair. Of and course. then in Falcon mm-hmm. and Winter Soldier, he's got the short hair. And I'm still very much just like, oh. Hello. <laughs> like, hello. Hello. Oh, come on. It's because Sebastian oh, Stan is just he gorgeous. Really is. Oh, he's playing with those kids. Oh, I can't. Oh, the kid. That's what got me oh, when yeah. I was like, oh, he's hot, but he's good with children yes. and animals. And then he got oh. a good night's sleep on that couch. He's all stretched oh. out on mm-hmm. that couch. I was like, all right. So I know eventually my boyfriend's going to cut his hair, and I feel like I'm going to have like a Sebastian Stan moment of being like, oh, hello. <laughs> Long or short. <laughs> <laughs> that episode five of Captain America and the Winter Soldier is that is that is some good TV. That is the some domestic TV that I'm I am all here for. Yes, nice. and like oh. rewatching Gossip Girl, Sebastian Stan shows up in season one, oh. and I mm-hmm. I've never actually watched yeah. Gossip Girl. Oh, it's it's trash. It's so good. <laughs> um, and I've never been a big fan of him, but yeah, there's something about like the way that he's as he's gotten older. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty good. Oh, when he cries, I just want to hug him and help him and make everything better. <laughs> oh well, Case recently on another pass had they discussed the covenant. Oh my god! And Sebastian Stan being chaotically queer, mm-hmm. and that is just. Okay. I haven't seen that since it was in theaters. I need to read. I haven't that. seen it at all. I had oh, never, I had never watched it. But back when GameStop had movies, mm-hmm. I bought it for like two dollars because I was like, "Hi, it's a bunch of maybe da- gay yeah. dude witches." Yes. Like, let's go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Ooh, this says it's on Hulu and Amazon. Okay, know what we're watching today? Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We'll report back. <laughs> not not to sidetrack us too much, but um, but but well, because I also have a habit of I always like to cast books mm-hmm. as movies because I read this and I actually went honestly in a world post Crazy Rich Asians doing so well. This is something that I'm actually like. I don't often go, let's make all books movies, but I went, I feel like this could be a romp, like a really good romp, a really uplifting, um, also because we never see plus size Asian Mm -hmm. actresses ever. And so I, 
I, and of course, a friend was like, oh, well, if you think this is appropriate, look at the Mortal Kombat boys. And I went, oh, no. Oh, there we go. We got <laughs> multiple versions of Max in this awesome. movie. <laughs> but it, it was just one of those things where I immediately went to like, she writes in an almost cinematic way mm-hmm. of how uh, the flower market scene. Yes. I just, I just, it was so wonderful. And also Martha being kind of that bad bitch that's like, oh, I know a secret place. Yep. And I was like, Oh, yep. I love that. <laughs> and then also when someone says, talk some shit about yes. her weight, she's like, oh, well, I guess you're not getting our business. Let's go. And mm-hmm. they were about to get mm-hmm. a lot and of business. Like, actually, not even just like thinks it, like, actually is like, well, I guess you're not getting our 5,000 flower right. order. And he's like, keep my exactly. money away from you. <laughs> yes. And them love realizing it. now they're not going to buy from me. Like, because yes. there's like, like a quick little line of that guy's face falling as he realized, mm-hmm. well, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to fucking deal with you because why would we? Which is a great way to do your business in 2021, mm-hmm. I have to be yes. honest. I hope everyone remembers who, what companies made their people work through unsafe mm-hmm. conditions, what clothing companies make you feel like shit when you go in to try stuff on in the dressing oh, yeah. room, or when they're like, it's online, <laughs> get it there. And it's like, fine, fuck you, you don't need my money. I spend, because it's one of those things I'm always like, I'm a plus size person that loves to look great. So I spend a lot of money on clothing. I find very specific things that I really want. And, and and so I was like, y'all are missing out and you're actually missing out Mm -hmm. on business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, there are these little things where I just kind of, they were like, yes, girl, like (laughs) very, very happy moments of those, um, of those moments where the author didn't have to take that chance or she didn't have to make those moments with Martha. And she did. And I thought it was a a really nice payoff. Yeah. I, I do like that she kept, um, so when she and Max finally have sex for the first time, she has a moment where she's just like, you're going to see me naked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I felt that that was still so real. Like someone who is plus size and has some severe scarring, like there was a point in my life where I was like, well, I'm never going to sleep with anybody again. And like, let's learn mm-hmm. to accept that. Mm-hmm. And meeting a guy who is conventionally very attractive that was like no I like all this <laughs> I'm very mm-hmm. into you and me being like mm-hmm. but do you not see like I'm happy with me mm-hmm. but do you not see and he's like no it's mm-hmm. all great that is such an empowering thing and I'm so glad that even though mm-hmm. it's not a book where she's all insecure we had that moment mm-hmm. yep because I think doesn't it's... she ask him to Turn, does she ask him to she turn the lights off? She doesn't ask him to turn off the lights or in the shades. I thought there was one time where she asks him about that and he does like one of them but doesn't like turn off the lights or something. Yeah. Well, it's because I think it was, she was thinking, she was like, oh God, the yes. lights are on, the shades are open. Oh my God, we're doing this in full light. And and it's her kind of, I loved her running commentary mm, yes. at the same time, the internal. But I also, something I appreciated because no, and through any aspects of your life, sex is awkward. Like yes. there are just times it's awkward. It's weird. Things don't work. Um, <laughs> and like, we, like they make each other laugh yes, halfway yes. through. And that was such an important yeah. moment for me. Also, I love that he was like, don't worry. I've thought about this before. I have Googled it. We're going to make this <laughs> yes. work. I, went. I was like, everything man was yep. prepared. He was prepared, <laughs> but it was still a little awkward and a little new for both of yes. them. Also. Cause like she leans into this idea that this is like the second time Martha's mm-hmm. had sex and she's 28 years mm-hmm. old. And I also thought she wrote about it in a way. Well, cause one, for some reason I wasn't expecting that scene. And when it got there, I was like, 
Okay, let's go. <laughs> right. Uh, this right. is beautiful. We should live in this moment. Um, she really wrote about it how, like, I would want to read about it and not, like, a heightened, um, a heightened like, pulp Harlequin yes. Danielle Steele way. Um, it was a little awkward and it was funny and <laughs> it was so charming. That's normal um, sex. It's so yeah. great. It's, yes, yes. And that's the thing I think we need to... I like... I think that's something I really love about, because I think this is self-published for her or with a small company. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's something that the self-published or the smarter, smaller authors that aren't being picked up by a giant um, publisher or in even one of the pulp publishing houses, that she has the ability to tell that kind of thing. Because I feel like an editor would have gone, <laughs> um, let's change this this way. But yeah. she went, no, let's do this. Let's lean into this about stripping away this idea of like what sex mm-hmm. should be and what a sexual life should be and those kinds of things. I, I thought that was a really fun aspect of, of the, those, those two scenes in the book. So I submitted a short story to an anthology. This was in the last four years, but not terribly recent that had, because I, the same way, like the first time you have sex with someone, it's not going to be, it's not going to all work. There is going to be an mm-hmm. awkward moment. And mm-hmm. like I put that in the short story and it got rejected for that reason oh. where they were just like, this doesn't feel like what we want. It kind of feels juvenile. And I was like, have you been having sex with the same person <laughs> for like the past like decade or something? Because like, do you not remember the first time having sex with someone? Like, especially if you haven't had a conversation about like the things that you like. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go smoothly. It's just not. <laughs> well, and I feel like if it was a male that was in charge of that kind of reading and choosing process that emailed True. you back, like men have mm. a very, men have a very different aspect of life of like this idea that like they are going to be a gift to a woman or the person <laughs> that they're with. And like they, they, everything they have to offer you is such a gift. And it's like, Homeboy, you need to sit down. (laughs) Like, you're not prepared for this, and she's probably going to be disappointed after. So, like, let's legitimately talk about that as well. Oh, I there was a meme recently that was like, I view sex toys as a wrestling tag team, and I was like, that is the best way to approach this Mm -hmm. and that conversation, and all of this just like fed into this book so well I think it's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's great I I, th- I think it was really important that she actually because at first I was like huh I, does this scene fit with the book and then I went actually I think it's a very important part of Martha's journey to um, her relationship with Max I do think it's a very important moment in it and I do think we needed to see it especially because like, I will say some of it's predictable. Like, when we met Enzo and I was like, so help me God if he's the fucking fiancé. And then he was the fiancé. And I went, yeah. shit. Because he's making eyes <laughs> then, at her. Like, he's, like, being yes. all, ooh, Martha, like, hello. I'm like, oh, you're totally going to be the fiancé. What are you doing right now? Because yep. he's making it sound like he wants to, like, it seems like you could mm-hmm. pick up where you left off from his vibe. I've tried to find, Martha, I've tried to find you. And she was like, my number hasn't changed hard. in eight years. <laughs> right? You could have called me. And that's when I was like, oh, <laughs> it was like, I did like finger guns <laughs> in the air, like silently reading on my bed. I was like, get yeah. him, slay yeah. him, yes. <laughs> spill the tea. Yeah. I get the feeling he's like, I, I again, I think he's too underdeveloped, but I get the impression that he's either always been someone who's like 
super suave, charming vibe, maybe not mm-hmm. necessarily pulling it off. And that, like, she was like, I'm done with that. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've tried to connect with you. Well, mm, did you? Whose numbers changed? My number's been the same since I was 15. Yeah. Like, seven, what? Eight, 18 when I got my cell yeah. phone? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Who changes their cell phone number these social days? Social media now? Like, come on. Oh, he's not on social well, media. Expect- All right, then you didn't try because you could have gone on for a second. And, I w- <laughs> yes. and with that, I said, oh, he's hiding yes. something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You don't want, because you know Regina's one of those people that she's got the most carefully, she's the most carefully curated Mm -hmm. Instagram, and you're like, I want to be her. Like, I partially, like, I was reading this, and I finished it, and then I read it again, and I went, I want another one. I want (laughs) more of these characters. Actually, because I was like, I really want to see Regina bring Martha to the conglomerate, Mm -hmm. and, and, like, headhunt her away from her dad. (laughs) Um... Just because I was like, those two together, it's actually kind of the buddy movie yeah. I want as a Regina Martha, Martha story. Like, I think that'd that would be, be really good. fun because yeah. Regina gets a really great payoff at the end of the story. And I think it's really important um, for the kind of girl, especially because she's named Regina. And maybe it's just because <laughs> Mean Girls yes. was pinnacle to my yeah. development. Um that it was, I thought it was a very interesting thing to name her mm-hmm. Regina. Very much um, so. Between that or the Queen and Once Upon a Time, that garbage, <laughs> but I love it. I, listen, I love Lana it. Perilla, she can step on, she can just step on my face <laughs> yes. with those heels any day and not even in a sexual, just uh, you are the Queen, you are Queen. Um, Speaking but of just things that, that name, should have been bisexual, yes. Yes. Oh, it's a Swan Queen? Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes also because uh, Arrow and or Hood and Hood and Cap could have been a yes. little, little bisexual as well. Yes. Go, mm. <laughs> Captain Hook is definitely bisexual. <laughs> like there is. Anyways, sorry. What pirate isn't? Exactly. What pirate? What pirate isn't? <laughs> you don't get on a sorry, boat a, for I, <laughs> months at a time. I'm sorry. I just with only men. Exactly. <sighs> it's like anytime somebody talks about Jesus and the Apostle, I was like. I think y'all are going to be mad when Jesus comes back and he is like a militant queer person of color who's like, who's a socialist. Yes. I was like, y'all going to be real mad when like Peter and Jesus are like cozied up and you're like, whoops. Told you. <laughs> I hope I didn't just lose you guys any listeners oh, over there. If it is so. listeners that would be offended by that, I'm so- we I don't know how you put up while with this ago. Yeah. Also, maybe I don't want the exactly. business right. now. Like someone, someone once was like, "Your your show's very aggressively queer," and I was like, "I'm doing something yeah. right then. Who cares? Yeah, Get out of like, here." And, what are you saying? Like, what is your point? <laughs> but I do, I do think keep going. Just, I keep going back to it. But I think the relationship between Regina and Martha ending the mm-hmm. way it does and going the way it does is really, mm-hmm. really important. Um, and I would have actually liked to seen a little more of, of, I would keep saying Steve, I don't know why in my head, but Max with his sister. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was, she's such an interesting person and I'm trying to figure out who she's supposed to be emulating mm-hmm. because also just cause I work in theater and they were like, why would she choose to do theater now? And I was like, there- you just said Hades town and theater. We are in a, like, like now is the time to come do yes. theater if you want yeah. to do theater like come do Broadway everyone will come yes. see you it's fine I did want to know more about that I want to do theater right now mm-hmm. yeah, I mean going back to happened to, to her and we get nothing 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also was really hoping that she was going to be gay. Like it just seemed like something they were going to set up. Um, and they didn't. And I was like, maybe we'll get another one because that would have been great. But again, we also don't have enough like non-white female characters who aren't living tragedy who are queer. So I think that was just also me just being like, give give it to us. That's just, just give us that little queerness, just that little queer bubble. It's the only thing missing from this book. I do have to say that I finished this book and then my phone was like, hey, there's a Goodreads giveaway from Alyssa Cole for the second book in the whatever, the Runaway Royal? The no, runaway. that's the old one. No. Whatever her new series is, but it's definitely queer. And I like I was looking at the cover, I was like, yeah, all right, I'm signed up for some <laughs> book giveaway just in case. I'll buy it either way. Yeah, but, of course. <laughs> right. But yeah, right. just speaking of women of color who write queer romance books. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I, don't, I don't know, because I read it, I kind of... I read it the first time and then I went back through it quickly mm-hmm. the second time just in case I missed anything. Um, and I, I'm not sure if I felt there was anything missing or if, if there was something that I would have liked to see her do different with any of it. But there were a couple times reading it the second time I went, I don't that's hitting a little different this time, but I don't know why. Um, and I'm, I'm also just maybe it's assuming because she hasn't written much that she's still developing her way of telling yeah. stories and her narrative. Um, but it it left me feeling the way very fuzzy and warm of kind of the media that I want to consume right now. Things that are hopeful, things that are fun, things that are uplifting in a way, things that made me irreparably hungry the entire time. <laughs> um, and I loved the Lupia, the, the Lupia argument that she had with Enzo because uh, my friend Luigi is Filipino and always I've watched him have that same argument with people on social media several times. And I was like, culturally, it must be something. And I yeah. just love this so much. And then I was like, damn, no, I went Lumpia. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think this could have easily had another 50 to 100 pages just to kind of flesh mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. some of the side characters and... Um, relationships that weren't Max and Martha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it still would have been just as enjoyable, even yeah. more so, I think. Oh, definitely. Oh, this, it's a story where I was like, I could have read another 100 pages of this and it would have been fine. Because I was shocked that like the Nook version of this was 175 pages. Yeah. I went, oh, she's a short girl. She's a short book. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was at the end, I went, oh, I would have wanted more. I could have read yeah. more. Exactly. Um, but then I would have worried that it would have been a little more over-dramatized mm-hmm. maybe, or there would have, I was, I was really glad that she did not have Enzo and Martha sleep together mm-hmm. a second yes. time. Yes. I was so happy that it was just a hug yeah. that kind of caused yeah. the commotion yeah. and not her sleeping with him because that's a trope that yeah. I think she could have very easily gone with and she didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that is actually how they were able to kind of tie the story yeah. up quickly. Um, but again, I, was expecting Max to be gone like a year. Max spend a lot of time back in the Mm -hmm. US and figure out if maybe his US connection or the dual citizen. The dual citizenship thing was really, I think something interesting with him that I would have loved, that I would love to see explored if she expands this a little. Um, And this idea where he's like obviously thriving in in this uh, Filipino culture, being Filipino, but it's that idea that he was born outside of the Philippines and what that culturally means for him and the people he's around. But, you know, because it is just him and his sister, um, family-wise. Do we ever find out what happened to his parents? I don't think so. No. Okay, because... I don't think we do. Like, there's a brief mention that he understood Filipino, um, 
because they spoke it in the house, but that he wasn't right. like, indoctrinated with it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, all we ever hear about is his sister. Yeah. I definitely wanted a little more of that, I'm, too. And the, yeah. like you said, the dual yeah. citizenship. I was like, yeah. well, tell me about your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and apparently just reading the... Um, I read a little bit of the the note after, because she writes oh, the, yeah. the note at the end of the mm-hmm. digital. And the the apparently she wrote the second version because there wasn't any narrative from Max's standpoint okay. in the original. And I'm really happy that this is the version we yeah. read and that she came back and revisited because I think those moments where she's actually really uh, wonderfully living in mm-hmm. his mind and telling us his narrative uh, is such a beautiful way that we get both of them. And they're just such little cinnamon bun <laughs> human beings that I just went, I love him so much. <laughs> I want to be his friend. I would, I'm also like, girl, I would, I would fall in love mm-hmm. with him too. I would literally fall in love with yeah, him. Yeah, he claimed to be a Ravenclaw, but definitely by the end I was like, oh babe, you are a Hufflepuff. Like, I'm sorry. Hufflepuff. You are just the cutest Hufflepuff. Like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, mm-hmm. to go with the point of view, um, just read an entire series, and about halfway through, they start adding multiple points of view, and it was mm-hmm. hard to read because if I wasn't paying attention, I had no idea whose brain I was in. Mm. And yeah. this book never tells you when it shifts, but it is so clear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is such a hard thing yes. to do, and like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for the fact that she pulled this off very well. Yeah. Especially to find out mm-hmm. it's something that she added. It wasn't like every other chapter, was it? Like no, it, wasn't it would be like either. in the yeah. middle of chapters. Right. I, yes, mm-hmm. that's a. She does it very seamlessly. Of like, and now we're in Max's brain, yeah. but I'm not. I didn't title the chapter Max. You know, like yes, which that works right. in yeah. other in other books, but for her, she just really just yeah. made it seem like this was. I'm very curious what the first edition looked like, just out of curiosity, because yeah. I love this version so yeah. much. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that I guess that is also the benefit of being able to self-publish and digitally mm-hmm. publish is that, Update. you know, she published one version in 2018, and apparently it was so well received um, from her readers that she then went back and went, oh, let's 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 make these corrections because people wanted this, so let's do it. And it felt very natural, like a natural progression of who she is as an author. Um, which made a lot of sense. And it honestly made me want to seek her out and see what else she's written yeah. or kind of put her on my alert of this would be a really nice, like turn my brain off departure, yes. uh, departure material that I can just feel really great about and not anxious and gross about at the end of the day, which I think is what we need right Very now. Yeah. So I, yeah. I really like that their, their first sex scene is told from mm-hmm. Max's point of view um, because mm-hmm. I, I, this may sound terrible. I don't know. But like, I can't imagine that Martha's brain is not just like a ball of anxiety and fear the whole time. And I just, Mm -hmm. it was really great to get instead of her worrying about what he's thinking the whole time, we instead get what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. And it is so Mm -hmm. positive and so good. Plus, we knew that he had feel. We knew for like he had feelings. He knew he had feelings a long time ago. He's been thinking about Mm -hmm. her and just like getting to see it from his where he's like probably a little anxious because best friend is this is we're taking a huge step here <laughs> changing like really crossing a line from friendship and more than friendship um but yeah i agree with you that i, I really liked that and i also liked the timing of it because it was right before the engagement party right mm-hmm. it was <laughs> like an hour before <laughs> yes and martha is very like she gets there early to make sure everything's set up she's very yes. very punctual <laughs> very organized very and i just to me that was kind of like her letting go a little bit of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they mm-hmm. got there, I think Tita Mary had hired 
a day of coordinator, so everything mm-hmm. was fine anyway. Her getting to see that she can yeah. let go. Yep. Like a mm-hmm. little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did have a question. The second time they have sex, he says something about when they had sex in Rome. Was that oh, like just so- dirty talk? I was confused. So it, the, the way that he calms her down or that they, like if one of them gets anxious as they start talking about fictional vacations right. they've taken. Right. So I took it as that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That threw me a little bit. Yeah. Plus, I but think the phrase... It's also he... dirty talk for sure. I did... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't like... it. One, it threw me, but then... Because I was like, wait, no, Enzo was the last time. Because um, <laughs> he says, I when I had sex with you, I think I just would have preferred when we had sex. Just the language, yeah. that subtle That's change fair. in language. Yeah. that Because yeah. that also mm-hmm. threw me off. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That whole scene actually, like... They're having sex in her bed in her, mm-hmm. like, parents' house. Like, I understand that in this culture, um, girls typically live at home until they get married mm-hmm. or until, mm-hmm. like, a certain point. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just like, your parents could be home any minute. Like, <laughs> add to that the whole dog situation. Okay. Like, the second sex yeah. scene for me was actually way too much anxiety. For me, I was worried about the dog. I legit was worried about the dog. I was so worried about the entire time, and I was like, "Nope, you need to pause this until BB is fine. Until I know BB is fine, or at least under the care of that other vet." (laughs) We need to take him to get blood. I'm like, "Take him to get blood work." No, we're going upstairs. No, right now. (laughs) As Stephanie and both have recently um, lost our dog, dogs, and it's, I, I like as soon as I was, I was like, "Fuck." Fuck! If this dog dies, right? Like, I'm I was like, having a moment. Okay. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way she can kill this dog. I cannot right. handle it if she kills right. this dog." No. And then he ends up like, "That's that's how they reconnect." I was like, "Do not kill this poor woman's mm-hmm. dog. Let Martha have her right. dog." I have to believe that the dog is okay. I'm sure because we oh, always yeah. get but the I... happy ending in a romance. But I would have liked, mm-hmm. and this is what was going around. on, right? But this yes. is what was going on with mm-hmm. him. This is how we're treating it. This is how BB yes. is fine. <laughs> That's what I needed. He just got a little overheated. I think that might be my biggest complaint. Yeah. Is no, I needed yes. closure on the dog seizures. On yes. <laughs> um, the dog, absolutely, yes. absolutely. That yes. and just because yes, yes, yes. they went to sleep. That was the other thing. Yes, he said they wanted the dog to rest for a couple hours before they bring him to the vet or her. I can't remember if the dog's boy or girl. And then they go have sex, but then they go to sleep. Now, I don't know about yes. you. But you can fall asleep for a very long time. I will just pass right out. <laughs> like they didn't set an alarm to take to check on the dog. No. The dog is downstairs. And then I did also have the thing of her parents are gonna come home. Like I didn't think they'd come home during because I was like, we have set the scene where there's a lot of traffic. So wherever they are, it's gonna take mm-hmm. them a while to get home. Still, but still, they could come home while you're sleeping because you don't know how long yeah. you're gonna be asleep mm-hmm. for because you didn't set an alarm to take the it's dog to the vet. Very clearly, or to the clinic. Catholic. Catholic religion in this family and it's yes. like mm-hmm. maybe we're all cool with the fact that like even th- there are a couple mentions where the dad's like and the mom are both like okay we know we make this joke but are you guys actually finally dating like there will be a dynamic change when that happens not necessarily yeah. for the bad but like also <clears throat> i just her dad asks her imagine. have we been having lunch with your boyfriend like because yes. like because there is a dynamic yeah. Absolutely. Change a change to that, you know, 
Like, so he does ask her that, and he does understand, too, why she lied to her mm-hmm, aunts about mm-hmm. it. I, I really well, like that. That's the thing, her, her parents the whole like, time, they're so in mm-hmm. on it. Like, her, <laughs> her mom but he also, knows. But he like, also was probably really, That's why like, I kind of want a little more of her mom, because I actually because really love who she is just as I'm a here human. For it. <laughs> um, but their family's so wonderful, and I love, I love a really they positive father-daughter dynamic, um, and that he also treats her as an equal in a business sense. Um, which yeah, I also yes. thought was really important. And they make her just, she's so smart and likable. And also that she's really making that, that business run though. The character, we have a couple characters in this. It's the, like the office assistant girl. I forget. She, Mindy, lots of M names. And Cause at first I was like, wait, why is Maggie working at the, and then I went, Oh, it's a different mm-hmm. person. Um, she was just very much there as like the, yeah, spill the tea sis. Yes. Yeah. What's up girl. And I was like, Yes. Like, for a moment, I would be worried yep. that, like, if this was an American writer, that she'd be the one black girl in the whole story. Like, that's... But, um, but you know, she's supposed <laughs> to be the hip, young one. And I was like, Martha is hip and young. She's 28 years old. She is literally still a child. Like, but again, cultural differences. I was just thinking um, that, too. You mm-hmm. know, but it is... That was another character that I was like, could this character have done a little more? Could she have been more important? Yeah. Could she have been there other than like the two scenes yes. where she is yes. literal exposition um, for her for her to get comments out of Martha? But you know, the, that's really being nitpicky, I think. But no, you're right because especially even at the the gal or the con- what was it? The money raising. Oh, thing. the clue movie. When they oh, did, I love. The, she was yes. like, oh, we got the money for the classic. The, yeah, she was like, we got the the rights for the classic movie, and then they say clue, and I said, I mean, I guess it's a classic <laughs> movie, but like but at the same, the at point, but at the but. same time, I was like, <laughs> but I loved. I just sorry. Go ahead. I, I really appreciated the clue party. <gasps> yes, as someone who recently, yes. I've been like, I want to have a clue inspired either game night yep. or murder mystery night yep. and a uh, friend of the show Tim's like what what do you want e-? like do we don't know how to throw a murder party I was like I don't care I just want to dress Google up it. Like the characters everything is on the internet you can Plus, literally like, buy I... kits like these things yes. have existed for years <sighs> like everybody yeah. has five obnoxious <laughs> theater friends that would love to come and help you put on a fucking murder mystery. Uh, like, I do not live close yes. enough, but once I can, I will fly down for this. I Again. always listen, wanted to dress as Miss Scarlet. Listen, that, there you go. When, yes. when certain POV con happens, this should yes, be judging yes. book covers. Oh. Special event is a ticketed event that we raise money for for uh, yes. a, a charity, and we do a murder mystery, and all of the people from the network, because you know Rachel Quirky Shank will jump in there and be crazy, and you know Case and Pat. <laughs> Pat wants to do a crazy voice. Ashley or uh, Ash will bring wigs. Like this is something we are on board with. Alex will stage manage. It's a thing. Yes. We'll do it. Alex will stage manage. He can yes. be the bartender. We'll, as long as I get Stephanie to wear a wig. Cook the food. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. I did love when she was um, like, of course, the game version. And I was like, go off classic games version. Yes. yes. <laughs> but I, there was a part in there uh, going back to Mindy where it was like, Mindy's my best friend and everything, but also she's definitely getting paid. And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, is Mindy your friend? Is Mindy or your is friend? she your assistant? Yeah. Right. Or, or is she that work <laughs> friend that you don't want to see outside of work, but you right. bring yes. her to special events? Right. Yes. Is she the messy girl? Like, I think Mindy's the messy girl. <laughs> like, you know she didn't stay because she couldn't get drunk. 
Like she, <laughs> yes. she didn't want to stay for the movie because she wanted to go with her 23-year-old friends who were going to mm-hmm. go get drunk mm-hmm. and then end up at a dumpling place. Like, like, she's like, fucking millennials in their Clue movie. I mean, what is this? You, it just defines our generation. You know Mindy Sorry. has like half a million uh, followers on TikTok. Like, you know, yes. yep. she does shopping hauls at the bootleg market. She wears, yes. she wears Balenciaga <laughs> knockoffs that look real. I actually kind of like Mindy way more now. <laughs> yeah, I want more. I want Mindy's story. But I was also like, why did you have her leave before the movies? Okay, I guess yeah. whatever. You didn't. You didn't need her for plot. I get it. But yeah. flesh Mindy out next time. She deserves it. <laughs> yes, yeah. very much so. Agreed. Agreed. With um, with Martha's job, there's a there's a line, and with um, Regina, there's a line where Regina says something to her like, "Have you ever considered being an event an event planner?" I kind of thought I was like, are we going to see her leave her dad's company and like start her own event mm-hmm. coordination? Cause she, I right. think she'd be really good at it. Mm-hmm. And then she can bring Mindy as her assistant mm-hmm. <laughs> to that. <laughs> but I feel like, especially cause there's one line that I highlighted that I was like, I definitely need to take this to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, event planning is like a trauma form for her because she That's does true. it so that she's not mm-hmm. forgotten. That's true. I don't think she actually she's likes good at it or it. enjoys it at all. She mm-hmm. is really good at her actual job, like yeah. her, yes. her paying job. Like she does so. seem to actually really like her job and mm-hmm. when she's, you know, the school yeah. and she's done it for everything. She's yeah. an accountant, but like a real accountant. Right. And like you said, so. Matt, her dad sees her as an equal, not as like, like he never talks down to her at work. I, yeah. Very much love. Like she will take the business over when her dad is ready to retire. Like I, mm-hmm. no yes. questions in my mind, which is actually kind of why I would like to see more of this family because this idea of like her and Regina running companies. Yeah. Um, but I could also see yeah. Regina being like, Hey, so I know your dad is either going to give you the business or sell the business and you'll get the money. Why don't you come and run corporate events for me at my job? Yeah. And then it's her being like, yeah. no, I'm going to run this business. And I don't know. I just, Martha's a character that I really like. And I, Rare, uh, sometimes with books, especially if I know it's not an ongoing series, I'm like, okay, this is where this character lives. This is where they are. They don't need to go further. But she's actually someone that I was like, I like Martha. I'd want to see more out of Martha. Let's see more of <laughs> yeah. Martha's life. Yes. I want to see the hijinks she and Max get into. Like, let's yeah. let's see. Their actual travel. Yes, oh, yeah. they actually travel. Yes. yes that, I would yes. love to see that. You... I, I would also like to see them as side characters and get Emmy's story mm-hmm. or Maggie's mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. or whatever and hear you know, that little through the grapevine how Martha and Max are traveling or whatever because, like, Martha's family is definitely well off. Yeah. yeah. I also Even though she of... may be on the poorer side, I guess, right. of the family, but also she has a housekeeper and a cook. Like right. That. Well, and that's the difference <laughs> right. of uh, the acknowledgement of class and class and society within Filipino mm-hmm. yes. culture versus an American culture because we still won't acknowledge that class structure is what's destroying, you know, what's one of the, the destructive forces in America where, I mean, because she even says it at some point, she's like, we're well off and we are a respected family, but she is from one of the top 1500 families in the country like she knows that right. number of how many mm-hmm. families are running the country um and i did love uh tita mary's comment about we would always stay and then make a dramatic effect when we saw uh amelda come with her blue ladies and i was like oh i love a good amelda marcos <laughs> comment yes it's all those shoes they didn't like her shoes yes. <laughs> but there were those little moments where i went oh it just is an american i'm so Sometimes, even though I consider myself worldly or traveled, I was like, I just, there's so much that I just don't know or just haven't had to acknowledge about other cultures and other things that I think actually would really help 
because um, at first you could set this in LA, you could set it in New York, you could set this in Atlanta yeah. um, mm-hmm. with almost any family. But I think the importance of it being in Manila and that they are a family um, based in the Philippines that has, you know, the the two aunts live in America and that's a big mm-hmm. thing. And, and the fact that Max has, because she really emphasizes the dual citizenship and the American passport as being something that's very yes. important. And then her being like, well, I've got, still got my, I've got that travel work visa. Let's wait, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> That it was just something culturally that I was like, oh, they're just so much more self-aware than most Americans are. But also because most Americans will never travel outside of a 50-mile radius of where they're from. Mm -hmm. Where in most other countries, that's just not something that happens. Um, And so there were those moments where I had to go, oh, I had to stop and go, oh, wait, no, this isn't an American. You know, it's not an American-based story. Which, though, it was the one thing being an ex-New Yorker, I went, that's not how Central Park is laid out. Oh no. Okay, thank you because I had the same thing. I was like, what? And then I went, the Larson Theater. Oh, sh- they just renamed the New York Theater Workshop. And then I went, what is she doing at New York Theater Workshop? And then they dropped Hades Town. And I went, oh, that is yes. what someone who has no idea about my industry knows from just seeing it from the outside. Because, like anybody else, if it had been an American story, they would have been like, they went to see Hamilton. And, but I love that they were like, Hades Town. And I was like, Oh, that's actually really important because of the cultural significance and the diversity that is the cast of Hadestown. Um, but also, uh, it was really funny because she, I was reading the book the day they announced the new artistic leadership of New York Theater Workshop and that the the guy that's been running it for years, who is an older white guy, is stepping down so they could have more cultural diversity and more artistic diversity. Oh, that's and I, awesome. went, I was like, we'd love to see it. Get Scott Rudin out. Get everybody out. This is good. Let's, <laughs> let's bring that's that so change. Good. But yeah, there were those little moments where I was like, <laughs> that is not correct (laughs) but that's just me being obnoxious but but i did i I, didn't look up where she lives is she actually in the philippines or is she i didn't either i honestly did no research on the author whatsoever now i'm looking Mm because uh i know that the the back of the book had her website but i it would make sense. Just yeah, I, I assumed as well, just because even unless it was somewhere that she grew up as a child or spent a lot of time, she, like, I looked up maps and everything and I was like, oh yeah, that's about right. And she like understood Philippine traffic and mm-hmm. like, the, like what it's like trying to get anywhere in Manila dur- at any point during the day. And that's why I thought it was interesting. Um, so there was a moment where she hashtag romance class, which is an online community of Filipino readers and writers of responsible, fun, hot romance. I'm really excited that there is a place for yeah. me. I'm totally sending this to my friend. I don't know if she knows, but well, I think it's, it's so cool. I think it's important because for so long, like as Westerners, we fetishized Asian women and like, mm-hmm. and then like rejected Asian men as not being masculine and not being uh, attractive and things. And I was like, y'all are y'all are wrong, but okay. Um, and so I think it's very important that like there is a community and a place for everyone to kind of reclaim that, especially people who are Asian and Filipino, because that is something that's very important that we do need to change. That is a big discussion right now with um, the trailer for the new Marvel movie that I'm totally blanking on the name. Shang-Chi? Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's like an entire discussion about how the actor isn't hot enough or attract and and like they need to recast or something. And I'm like, this guy's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, is it just because he's Asian? Like, right. is that yeah. the problem that we're right. having here? And I'm a little concerned. Mm-hmm. 
about mm-hmm. what's going to happen with that. But I also, I'm really excited for this movie and hope it does well. Me too. But it is going back to that whole how we view Asian men. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know if Aquafina is supposed to be the love interest, but I'm entirely here for it if that is the case. Put Aquafina in everything. I yes. adore yes. her. Like, <laughs> so Nora from Queens is so good. So good. Uh, like, and it's one of those things where she truly is one, a comedian who understands that comedy is truly life or death. And there's no difference between your character in a comedy and your character in a drama other than the outcome mm-hmm. for your character. But, like, she, she is just so... Wonderful. I'm really excited for her as Scuttle and Little Mermaid. Like, don't come for me, anybody. But Did like, I'm so, yeah, she's Scuttle in Little Mermaid. <laughs> I'm here for that. All I think it's. Things. I think, and she was great as Sisu and Raya. I really hope. Well, I, I really hope it's a it. kind of a uh, Disney starts using her a lot because I think she is really wonderful, um, yep. and she's palatable in a way that she has great adult humor, but also really is just yes. kind of a big goofball. Um, mm-hmm. I love a lot about her, but what I loved about Robin Williams as a comedian and as a performer as well, that like there's just such That's a versatility to the work that she can do. Um, and also she's just, it's just, it's just a good time. Like I'm really excited for her and Michael Pena to exist in the same side of the Marvel universe. Cause like, what? and Kat Dennings, like, Oh my God. Give me all yes. of these great side characters and like Jimmy, yes. Wu, Jimmy Wu from WandaVision. Like give yes. me, give me all these characters. That's, yes. that's, that's what I want. <laughs> Their I movie. Want, or show. I want Jimmy Wu and Kat Dennings. I'm totally blanking on her Darcy? character's name. Darcy. Darcy. Yep. They need to get married. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Or at the very least, have a happy open relationship with a lot of little kids. Yes. That he is definitely now a stay at home dad. And it'll be perfect. Doing magic tricks. Yeah. Teaching his kids yeah. magic. And, and, she, and she's running the most uh, grand inter, intercosmic hacking organization out of their yes. attic. <laughs> because she exactly. has a direct portal to Asgard like, in their attic. Yes. I want this. And there's so always much. just a lot of uh, sexual tension between her and Monica Rambeau. Just <laughs> and then Ag- uh, and then Agatha Harkness shows up as the babysitter, uh, just because she has oh the my baby- God. Well, she babysits for the 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 uh, Franklin. Oh God, what's their daughter's yeah. name for the Richards? Uh, in in Fantastic Four. So like, let's see it. That's the universe oh, I yes. want. Like- <laughs> I, I really hope if they're gonna keep her in this like suburban mindset mm-hmm. that like that's what she ends up yeah, doing for too. a while. Just as mm. that callback yeah. would be amazing. Be so good. Now that I've completely deviated us away again. <laughs> no, that's fine. Like, it's still that. I mean, Jimmy Woo is played by an Asian actor. Yeah. And it's, I recently just watched, um, what was the movie that he did with Ali Wong? Um, Always Be My Maybe. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, so, good. so good. Which, for the record, he should not have won her in the end. But I still love them very much. No, I'm sorry. He is a douche the entire movie. Yes, he needs to get his head out of his yeah, ass. Absolutely. She but, got to make out with so many hot guys in this movie that I'm just yes. like, praise be. You, and you know that's what Ali Wong wanted the whole time. Yep. I want that. Oh, yeah. I'm yep. also, as someone who is a longtime fan of hers, that's what mm-hmm. I want for Ali Wong as well. <laughs> like, yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. If it's what ScarJo has gotten all these years, uh, exactly. that's it's what every <laughs> other actual Asian actress deserves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I needed that. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, is there uh, anything else about this book that we want to touch on? 
Um, I think everyone should go spend the 99 cents and just feel good about it. Like it's a literal dollar. I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I gifted it to three people as soon as I finished it. That's so cool. That's smart. Also because they're like delightful plus size people in my life that I was like, you would love this. Please go read it. Um, And I just, I want to see more from her and I want to see more of a genre like this that is just... Uh, fat, yeah. the heavy set people who love each other and aren't crippled by you know depression and diabetes, and and trauma. Yes. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, Martha's trauma is really devastating for her, but they also are showing really healthy ways that she is learning to work through it, um, and that she's learning to address the trauma, which I think is something that a lot of us get well into our thirties or almost forties before we go. Oh wait, we all live mm-hmm. through trauma. Let's talk about it. Yep. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that Book Riot included this on their list because mm-hmm. it definitely does have an indie feel. Um, mm. So kudos for them for finding and adding that mm-hmm. in with like some very clearly published by the big houses. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm glad we read it. Me too. I do highly yeah. recommend, spoiler alert, that was also on our list, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you are a fan of famous person, actor, dating a not famous person (laughs) which is a trope i love and how i hope chris evans finds me one day but i digress and it's how i go on some double dates please it's how i hope it's how i hope scott evans finds me as well it's fine (laughs) or oh my god what's his name wilson um oh my god he played umbaku in in black panther yes oh my god it's like thick husband girls um um yes Um, oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. I feel so bad. I know he's listening right now. I am so sorry. <laughs> Take me to the Black Panther 2 opening. I will make you proud, I promise. Oh <laughs> God. It. What is his name? Winston Duke. Winston Duke. Yes. Winston Lord. Duke. Oh, what a royal name oh, and for him such a in, king. Um, in Us, stretched oh. out on that bed. Like, yes. okay. Before shit goes bad, I'm like, okay. I'm so much writing this afternoon, but instead I'm just going to turn on so many movies. Yes. Um, One other thing I really loved about this was all the pop culture references, because I felt very real. And, like, also the difference between Pride and Prejudice, the book and the movie, because I love the Kira Knightley movie so much. So that I'd, like, Well, and as someone who I don't like that movie, but I love the Jennifer Eel, Colin Firth, BBC okay. six hour yep. monolith. But I okay. love, I mean, and my sister, who is a plus size person who adores Jane Austen, um, I told her, I was like, that's why you have to read this. I love, <laughs> like, in my inner book nerd, but also like movie media nerd who loves to separate the two, that's just like, I mean, you know how they changed that for the movie, and I guess that was fine. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, that's so good. <laughs> yes. I was like, I feel that. Also, Max being such also- a book nerd, I yes. love it. Yes. Very sexy. Yes. Very yes. sexy. Let's just, just let's just cuddle up one Saturday afternoon and just read together on the couch. Oh, oh, you know, that'd I be love great. Or read in bed because she wants those Sunday mm-hmm. mornings. Like yeah, just the like, Sunday mornings. And there's the mm-hmm. one where they're going to meet Aunt June at the and she doesn't call him. And I go, why didn't you call him at Sunday morning, Martha? You are awful. Call him at Sunday morning. Yes. I was so yes. invested, and I was like. Girl, but then her down. mom called him, right? Yes. That was, yes. yes. She, yeah, mom was getting that son-in-law there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mom was on top of it. Mm-hmm. 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 I yeah. personally, when people in romance books bring up Jane Austen, it always makes me cringe because of I'm course. just like, there's when there's so many romance books nowadays that you could reference mm-hmm. and still make a connection with other people. I just, 
I don't love Jane Austen. Yeah. It's, I it's a thing. I love like, Pride and Prejudice retellings. Yeah. I don't love Jane Austen. Yeah. You've said this before because I yes. have yet to honestly read any Jane Austen. Northanger <laughs> Abbey is about the only one that's got my heart. The rest of them, whatever. But I did appreciate when the, like, the first time it's mentioned, I was like, I'm not going to finish this. And they're like, but the movie. And I was like, okay, we'll let this yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they're very not pretentious about it because I think every other yes. romance uh, or like YA book that brings it up, it's like the same way when people go, you know, Shakespeare. And I go, like I literally grind my eyes into the back of my head and I was like, you're not Romeo, she's not Juliet, sit down. You don't even have a good, you don't have a good queer friend who, who is your Mercutio. Like sit down, girl. Yes. You're not Shakespeare. I, I just like... Especially any, whenever it's, you know, a person who's a big book reader and they're always like, what's your favorite book? And they're like, this classic. And I'm like, is, is it someone who is a big book reader? <laughs> like, I think this was book 40 for me for the year. Pride and Prejudice, most classics are so down on my list yeah. as books of like, oh yeah, I guess I read them at one point, mm -hmm. but they're nowhere near my favorites. Mm -hmm. And I definitely reread my favorites. So like, I understand that impulse, but like, Really, really, all the romance books that we've got, and you want to reread mm -hmm. Pride and Prejudice? Because mm -hmm. they're also not particularly entertaining to read a lot of them. Like, no. that's why I enjoy Well, because I also love a cut, fluffy period costume drama. So, oh, like, I love watching. Oh, them, yeah. I but yeah. I, like, I, in sixth grade, I was like, because my mom loved the Emma, uh, Emma Thompson, Kate Winslet, Alan Rickman, Sense and yes. Sensibility, which is stunning. Um, yes. Uh, but like I tried to read it in sixth grade because it's like I want to do this for my book report, mother. <laughs> and and I was just got halfway through and I at one point in my my report I just stopped reading and I started quoting the movie which I didn't realize was such a deviation <laughs> from the novel. <laughs> like they talk about Clue and how it's the best mm -hmm. uh, adaptation of Emma. And like I was like, cool, you got Jane Austen in, like we can check that mm -hmm, off the board, mm -hmm. and that would have honestly been enough for me. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with how it's referenced. I just it, you don't have to bring the classics. Can, can, you can be yeah. a book lover. You can fall in love without the classics. Can I can I admit that I was that many days old when I found out that Clueless was an adaptation of Emma? Really? I had no idea, and then I literally. <laughs> Uh, everybody's been writing about it recently, like Vice, all of the, like all of these like pop culture um, pseudo news outlets were like, oh yeah, it's like one of the best modern adaptations. And I went, how have I missed this? Like, how have I missed this? <laughs> I am right there with you because uh, when yes, didn't I tell you this when I watched Emma, the the one with Anya Taylor Joy? Yeah, that's out. I watched that, and there was a part I was like, this is just like Clue, and then I or Clueless, and I was like. Oh, <laughs> this was like a month ago, maybe two I months ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, no I see that. Yeah. It was with it was when the guy wanted to keep the painting because she made the painting or something like that. And yes. I was like, this is just like clueless when he wanted to keep that picture of her in his locker because she took the picture. And then I I don't know, I Googled something and I was like, Oh my god. Oh my don't they have god. similar names? I believe huh? so. I feel like that's the name that that one character, I'm totally blanking on what his name is and clue, Clueless, but I feel like that is a similar name Maybe. to what the actual book is. But I didn't read the book. <laughs> no, if fair. I had read the that's book. 
that I would have known, but I haven't. So, but I've seen Clueless many times, and I like he was like, "How did I not realize this?" So you were not alone because this was me maybe a month or two ago. Like, oh, light bulbs going off. Oh my. Okay, God. but we do know that Lion King is Hamlet, right? What? I don't remember no, Hamlet. Of course. Okay. Like I, I feel like I learned these at the same time. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I don't no. know what 90 pop culture like yeah. retelling mm. class I was taking, but. Maybe I should have sure. taken that class. M- much like I didn't, I didn't honestly know for years, well, well into my undergrad that I did in my late twenties that I ten things I hate about you is just much to do about nothing, and yes. I was like, okay. I'm mad at myself that I didn't know this, and that is the much I better version one. of much to do. Is it? Oh, Taming of the Shrew. It's Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, Taming of the Shrew. Yes. All Shakespeare's the same. It's fine. Whatever. It Don't is. come it for is. me, you canon yes. purists. S- sit down with your first I folio. Saw... Hamlet with Ruth Nega as Hamlet. Ooh. Literally jealous. the Sunday before the city shut down. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. The like best. My mother was like, I am not okay with you going. She was because my office had shut down a week before mm-hmm. because of COVID. And I have immune issues. And she was like, I really don't want you to go. And I was like, I'm going. It's Ruth Nega. Yeah. Like you don't understand. Yeah. Do you know who that is, Mom? Do I need to look Google? Yeah. <laughs> She is amazing. You'll understand. She is in Agents of Shield, Megan. So you should watch Agents of Shield. All right, fine, mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> George and I are in season seven now. You're way behind. <laughs> fair, fair. I have seen it many times, and my partner wanted to watch it, so now we're in season seven. But like, I think we're because it's a shorter season. He was like, I don't want it to be over, so we're like trying to slow down. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but last thing about Martha being super relatable was when Max is in her room and she's like for the for the second time they have sex and she's like oh he's seen my room for the first time and da da, da. shelf of unused notebooks I was like all right yes you weren't Absolutely. relatable to begin with <laughs> yep. which makes me I really want like I love this idea of the like we getting a Maggie story next like it's Maggie's um and it's Max and Martha are gone because they are part-time like YouTube travel foodies <laughs> And I would love, and they're like writing a travel book because they now have the money to, and and I was like, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Make Martha a writer. Yes. I, yeah, like, I love that they both love their jobs, but mm-hmm. also could do so many other mm-hmm. things and yeah. probably mm-hmm. love it just as mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Just give us confirmation that that dog is okay. Yes. Yes, that's like... sentence one Phoebe is running around like (laughs) living her best life (laughs) though I will say there is an unrealistic um uh goal of workplace personal life balance that both of these 28 year olds have established and I said I'm 36 and I still have not established a healthy I just have been applying for a ton of jobs in my field and they were like you know your job can be grueling working on a th- live theater schedule what do you do to maintain a work personal life balance and I go I'm a podcaster, so I do a ton of work for free outside of my real job. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's one unrealistic thing, it's that. And the fact, also though, can I tell you, I just found out we're getting a Jollibee in Orlando in the next few months. And I was like, I can't wait to go and try everything on opening weekend because I've always wanted to try Jollibee. And the fact that this book opens, it's the fast food restaurant that she starts with. Okay. It's fascinating. I think 
Keith of the Try Guys, Keith's Haverburgers, who is amazing, did a Eats the Menu, and it's really interesting to watch because they do fried chicken, but you also can get spaghetti as a side with everything. Yeah. And it's mm. like Salisbury you steak. Want a burger? She gets yeah. the double burger with the cheese and the gravy with yep. spaghetti on the side. Yes. And they, yep. like their food is just wild, but like apparently so delicious. Um, and okay. I didn't try it the last time it was in New York because uh, there's one in two or one or two in there's New York. Thirty, yeah. It's Where just, are you? It's just below. It's just below um, Port Authority, heading towards Thirty Fourth on Eighth. Um, I will keep that in mind because there's now the Japanese cheesecake place that is on Forty First and Seventh. No. And it, oh. I went one time back in like maybe last January or February. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember why I had just learned what Japanese cheesecake was and then found out. But a whole cheesecake's only $13 from there. And it's a decent size. Ooh. I was shocked. Like, this is literally probably still considered ta- um, Times Square. Yeah. And it's only $13. That's amazing. For, like, a decent-sized cheesecake. I was like, all right. I've, I, I've, yeah. I've been obsessed with Japanese cheesecake since Spirited Away. And you get no face with the little jiggly cheesecake. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> now, I, now that we're on judging menus. Uh... Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Stephanie and I are actually talking about uh, starting a cooking podcast, so maybe we will have to try some yes. food. Yes. yes. We're working on the yes. pitch currently for the network. but Yeah, I love that idea. That's that's a whole different fandom and nerdness that we don't have yet, so I love that. Yeah. All right. Um, what are you guys going to be reading in between the podcasts? Hmm. So I have two things. I just yeah. downloaded uh, the Kindle version of the complete works of Oz. And so I have never oh. ridden any of the Oz books and rid, ridden, read, <laughs> read any of the Oz books. And I just did um, a return to Oz not too long ago for my podcast. And my friend Alex was like, read them, you coward, read them all. Um, and so... <laughs> So I'm going to commit to those. And I think that's my like spring, summer, because there's like 15 of those. Um, And I dug back up. uh, I'm sure you all will remember long ago when there was the the very well-known Harry Potter shoebox project um, that was done years. And we're talking pre-book six coming out. Um, It was back when I believe it was fanfiction.net. And there was the year-long challenge of writing a main character finds a shoebox of letters uh, about other characters and it's Harry, Ron and Hermione cleaning out Grimmant Place and they find boxes of letters between Sirius and Lupin from their sixth year beyond at Hogwarts and them falling in love and then falling out of love. Please link me to that. I will. Um, Well, and for years back when we loved JK, um, and it was right after this book seven book tour that she did when she was like, Dumbledore is a homosexual. Um, Neville is an alcoholic. Um, And someone asked her about fan fiction. She's like, I read quite a lot of it. If you haven't, there's a wonderful series called The Shoebox Project. And everybody thought that she ghost wrote it because it's so good. It is the best it's the best wow. fan fiction i've ever read but then reading it like i just started reading it again and uh it's written better than any of her books are but it's um yeah. it's just beautiful i think all of it's online i will send you the link um yes, but i have always loved those characters and they do they explore them in the way of going well how can lupin be with tonks then in the books if he loved Sirius? and i was like which one of your fr- Sirius is dead 
good. Well, also, but I was like, also, this is them as teenagers. Bisexuality yes. exists. Get over it. Right. <laughs> Sirius is dead. He latched on to the next person. He clearly wasn't in a happy yeah. relationship because he tried to run away. Well, and, so many thoughts. Well, they should have been together. Well, they should have. But also, it makes sense that, like, if Lupin thinks that Sirius is the one that you know killed Lily and James, or yeah. gave them to Voldemort, it makes sense that he's going to have a very traumatic experience with that. And so, those are the two things I'm reading, and I'm very excited about both of them. So, nice. that is exciting. Yeah, I started after the end, which is one of my favorite Harry Potter fanfics and I think I'm six or seven chapters in that thing is 600,000 words oh my god (laughs) and I can't put it on my tablet because it's not on archive of our own it's on fanfic.net and sugarquell.net and one of the best things about archive of our own is that they let you download them into pdfs so you can read them on a tablet I'm, and I'm just like, can you not move it over? But I understand 600,000 words. Mm-hmm. That can't be easy to move. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to know how fanfic.net, who has been around for a literal millennia, has not developed a comprehensive app. Like, I right? don't understand. Like, I think I have their app. It is terrible. It is terrible. It, I mean, their, their, their interface on their website is terrible, and it's always been terrible. So it's... You know, it's one of those things that's just it. It They need to do better. I, I need better out of them than there's no There's no reason for yes. it. <laughs> yes. An archive of our own even has a good app. Oh, it yeah. just annoys me. So annoyed. What about you, Stephanie? What are you going to read? Um. Okay. So I think I'm kind of stuck between two. It's either going to be The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Um, which is also another book of the month where basically it's a female apothecary that will make poisons for you, but they can only be used uh, on men. So I'm like, all right, yeah, why not? Let's see it. I love to see it. <laughs> right? I love to see exactly. it. <laughs> um, or the next of the Diviner series, because I was going to wait oh, yes. and redo the first one with George, but I'm like, oh, I really want to see what happens. So I might do the next one of that on audio. Is it Lair of Dreams is the second one? Lair, uh, Lair of Dreams is the second yeah. one, yeah. So it's between those two. Yes. I yeah. just finished the third and there's a death in it that I forget. This is my third or fourth time reading it. And we get to the scene and I was like, oh shit, I thought that's what we were for. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought I had time. I'm like driving and I'm like, I'm not prepared. I'm oh, not no. prepared. <laughs> uh, but yes. Do you know, yes. Do, do you know what you're reading next? Uh, so I am reading the third book of the Small Spaces series, um, which is a middle grade horror series by Catherine Arden. And I am vamping while I look up the title. Um, <laughs> the first, it, it, so it'll be a four book series. The first one takes place in the fall. The second one was winter. So this is going to be spring and it's called Dark Waters. And it's about this girl. Um, and by the third book, it's she's got her two best friends and they encounter um this spirit in the first book that is still haunting them by the third book Hmm. so it's just kind of like the first one is all about scary scarecrows and the second one was a snowden cabin um in like the middle of vermont where nobody was around and so this one i started this morning and it already like has a different vibe and feel because they've encountered this ghost twice now. So um, I got an advanced copy of it. I think it comes out in August and I am so excited. Like I didn't love her 
Russian um, YA series or duology. I think it's a trilogy. Like it was okay, but this, I love Catherine Arden writing middle grade horror books that I'm just like, I got to turn on lights because Scarecrow's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So much. Yes. So uh, this one, the cover is like a piranha looking like coming up and I'm like, that's enough. I'm ready for it. So, um, I figured leaning into what we're doing later in May, this would be a perfect time to just kind of catch up on some of my middle grade reading. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so for having fun. me. I'm slowly making my way through the whole network. And this was just, <laughs> this is another opportunity. I was, uh, but it was also, thank you all for giving me a chance to read again. I used to read yes. so voraciously. And I mean, uh, anybody that's gone to grad school will, will be like, yeah, duh. Yes. Of course you didn't read Queen. Mm-hmm. But it's been so nice to like be like, oh, well, I'm going to read that. And then like I went through my books and was like, okay, let's get some new things in. And so that was really, yes. really so nice. to. So thank you all for that. It was wonderful being on the show. I'm so glad to hear that because like I also had that experience I got Mm -hmm. my BA in English and had a really long hard time Mm -hmm. of being like I want to read what I want to read versus feeling like I still need to read these like super intelligent books and then grad school was all business Mm -hmm. stuff psychology (laughs) and women's studies for undergrad it was all text (laughs) you can can only read so much (sighs) bells hooks and Foucault before your your eyes literally start to Mm -hmm. bleed because I have a, a dual degree in my undergrad in women's studies and theater mm-hmm. so yeah. you know or it's, you can only you can only break down you know hip-hop lyrics with 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 uh masculine you know studying masculinity before you're like i don't want to do this anymore yeah. i don't want to read anything i don't even want to read my <laughs> facebook shut my brain off <laughs> yes. um so we are continuing our romance read though i'm really excited about that their mm-hmm. next book for the podcast, the theme is a romance book written by a non-binary or transgender individual. We have gone with Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas, which I think this is actually one of the hardest ones where we've had to be like, we want to read them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason is because another one of the books we want to read was an author we had already read. So, and the other one was out of print. So, <laughs> but that being said, I've heard so many great things about this book. I know Me too. nothing about it, but the cover's gorgeous, and yes. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. excited for the episode. I'll have to. I'm literally adding it to my my Audible list or my my Kindle oh, unlimited list oh. right now. <laughs> That's so good. Yes. Um, Matt, tell tell us. The podcast that you do. Hi. Yeah, so I am the host of Saturday Morning Confidential, where I take a deep dive into the files of nostalgia that current authors, creators, actors, you name it, uh, who's creating across and things that inspired them. And we look at them and break it down and go, was it good? Was it not? (laughs) How, what did we learn from this? And then what do we take away from it? And also kind of discuss that idea of the power of nostalgia and whether in how it's like the most dangerous double-edged sword. Um, and so you can find that right here on certain POV. Um, I also did uh, with it a uh, a radio drama for the month of November of 2020 called Inklings, where I I made radio dramas of 20 original short stories that I wrote in October. Um, so they're nothing amazing, but it was very fun to do. And so there's lots of other little things coming. So if you uh, can find me at SMC Pod on Instagram, Dolwip Pod on 
Twitter or at Saturday Morning Confidential on Facebook. And then you can always uh, certainpov.com backslash SMC podcast. Uh, so come over and come hang out with us on the Discord. I always last post a lot of memes. And we've been on hiatus in March, but we are coming back in May with twilight and empire records oh, no. and so i'm Woo. very excited <laughs> for both oh two of my favorites and so i'm very excited <laughs> for everybody to hear those episodes um i was gonna say something and i totally just blanked on what it was it'll come to you at some point <laughs> you said twilight and everything else went out the door no my friend rachel was like what if we did twilight i was like i'm holding you to that we are doing twilight um and we might Still even haven't convinced stephanie to read twilight and i, I not think read twilight. or I seen think... the movies well i will say the movies get better as they go because you just watch the budget get bigger and if you just mm. lean into how terrible it is um but i believe for my patreon we will be doing a uh you'll be able to watch my friend rachel and i get drunk and watch uh, Twilight and get progressively drunker as the movie goes. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, that should be, it's one that I have very, it was the series that kicked me when I lived in New York City and started me reading again when I was on the subway. It was Twilight and then I kind of launched back into my love for reading because I was that kid that would read 600 books during the summer book club you know mm-hmm. the, the gifted kid that got burnt out as the older we got so <laughs> um get so you that. know what you can say a lot about twilight but it did get me back into reading in my 20s and so Same. nice yeah it like when i had my car accident twilight was about the only book series that there was something about just like the drug haze mm-hmm. and i was like this is a comfort place we're doing it again yes and we read twilight during that point but inklings that's what it was um, that's been on my list. I had no idea because I, I keep a list of audio oh, yeah, dramas yeah. to check out. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been looking at it going, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's why it's on my list. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been doing it on its own feed, but I'm also working right now on captioning all of the stories and they're going to be up on our YouTube, hopefully all of them by oh, June. So that, cause some of them are really short. Some of them I wrote were like 10 and a half minutes. And so I've been working cause I am hearing impaired. And so a lot of times it's really difficult for me to sit down with an audiobook or something and so um i want to make sure that they're all captioned so that people can uh enjoy them who can't always listen to the auditory function yeah Yeah. and while youtube is great their closed captioning is not great yet so it's i figure it's it's uh it also also an excuse to learn more video editing for me so (laughs) yeah very exciting uh stephanie do you have anything to promote um not not right now nope okay (laughs) Uh, How about you? uh, Yeah, I I co-create. That is giving me way too much credit. Um, My friend Julie does sporadic phantoms and somehow also lets me co-write with that occasionally. And um, like, her mind is amazing. And basically it is an audio drama of a um, serial-esque mockumentary of these investors going to investigate the sharing from Animorphs, but it's all set in 2020. (laughs) So it is very good if you love sci-fi and have never read Animorphs, you'll still love it. If you just love serial-like podcast, you'll love it. Uh, If you love Animorphs, there are so many little things that, like, it has been so much fun to watch both Reddit and the Animorphs Facebook group and the Animorphs Discord just be like, is this a callback? like yes yes it is yes it is is. (laughs) so um but it's been really cool because it also took covid into account and how would the sharing and animorphs and the yurks adapt to covid so 
yeah, the new episode is probably dropping this week. Comes out once a month. Go check it out. Nice. Yeah. As for judging book covers, you can find us on certain POV network. Um, We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JBC Podcast. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks with another romance book. It'll be a lot of fun. Yes. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Until (laughs) then, please keep supporting your local libraries or your independent bookstores. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.